Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We shouldn't have let that mammoth go. That could be kind of awkward. No, that wasn't his name. I asked him. And I'm not saying Rails anything like that. No, I, I, no, it's all right, Jack. We get drunk and we do silly things. I mean, hey, Doran, he said there's hope. The legendary axe on his back. Hey, uh, you got any way to disguise? Just uh, hush down now. I had never met a dwarf of your caliber or your type. You can, you can see those words cut. The look in your eyes. <laughs> and then he'll be like, oh, thank you so much. I need to protect you like I couldn't back in that marketplace. You mean... You had something to do with the assassination attempt on my life? Welcome back to Dice 
Slay Shame. This is episode 132, Red Flag. MVP this week is my friend Asan Rahi, who's been a longtime friend and now a longtime listener. Thanks so much for being a part of the show, buddy. Appreciate your support and friendship. Thanks, Asan. Parkdale Haunt is a chilling podcast that follows protagonists Claire and Judith as they renovate the old house they've just inherited. But it's not all drywall and detergent for the two friends. Things start to go wrong pretty much immediately, and the found footage style format of the show lends itself perfectly to chill listeners to the very bone. Parkdale Haunt has received glowing reviews, and if you're a fan of the genre, you should definitely give it a go. It's spooky. <laughs> all right, should we play some D&D? Let's do it. As you travel, the familiar scenes of half-burned farmhouses covered in snow reminds you of your unfinished business with the dwarves from Jalanthar. It's late morning on Hammer the Third when the walled city of Everland appears on the horizon. So then the plan is still. We head to Everland just for a short time. I get some health potions and then we head down to Brianna's well, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it makes sense to check in with Calliope, see that she made it all right, and... Um... You know, take the road east to Jalanthar and ford the river there and then head straight mm. south to Barona as well. Jalanthar, eh? Huh. I'm just hoping that uh, Chaos Hammer doesn't pay much notice to us if we do have to pass through Jalanthar. That could be kind of awkward. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, those are our options. I mean, we don't have to go there, Doran, if you don't want to. But No, no. If yeah, The road is far easier to take. And you know what? I'm not afraid. I'm just... Our duties here are far more important than, than you know what their concerns are with the king and citadel. So, but I mean, you have a point. What if, as passing through Jalanthar, they do want to stop and talk? Are we just going to say we didn't have the time, or is there anything you want to do actionable right now that might help that when we get there later today or tomorrow? We didn't have the time, and that's the truth. And and number two, you know, they're trying to blackmail me. You guys all know the truth. Yeah, right. There's nothing really that they can hold over my head here. I, you know, I don't think that we're we're gonna be concerned about getting into a big battle with a bunch of dwarves. I mean, I I don't see that happening. So, mm. besides a, a little bit of awkwardness, I'm I'm fine. I gotta admit, the thing I'm worried about is if we roll up on Chaos Hammer's dwarves and we find they've burned another village and ousted another group of people. Yeah, he's not on anybody's team right now. He's kind of a a loose cannon, mm. and he doesn't seem to care much for civilians. That's the part mm. that worries me. And when Doran and I were up in Silvery Moon, there were a number of supplies taken from Everland uh, through Emerys. That's right. That might have very well had a hand with the Jalanthar dwarves. Again, they, you know, they might have spread out a little bit. I, I think you bring up a great point, Jack. You know, if, if they've turned straight up to banditry, well, maybe we need to deal with them like bandits. Maybe there'll be more word once we reach Everland. Yeah. Locals might know more. Maybe some of the refugees we could we could connect up with, see what they see mm. what they know since we last ran across them. Yeah, good thinking. Good thinking. And there is a there's a a pause, and Kraloth says, "All right, I need to bring something else up. Um, we shouldn't have let that mammoth go. That could have been at <laughs> least three months worth of food, and we just let it wander off into the wilderness. What were we thinking? That's a lot of jerky. Look, I read its intention. I looked into its eyes. I used my animal handling, and that thing wanted freedom. Now, none of you 
could have stood there and kept another poor creature captive under my watch. The thing deserved freedom, especially after having those terrible gnolls. And as if on perfect cue, Kraloth's stomach just rumbles really loud. <laughs> Noromath's going to have a great life out there. Now, that wasn't his name. I asked him. Stop putting names on others. You're putting too much of your own projections on others. They're not elven. What was his name? Kluth. Huh. <laughs> It's around midday when you reach Everland. You're familiar with the city now. It's been a few times that you've been here together as a party, and its deeply pitched roofs and colorful banners are a welcoming sight. Hmm. Everland. Is this the Geese Town? This is the Geese Town. Right. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> of, of all the things not to like about ne- ne- uh, Everland. Neverland? Where's Neverland? Never, Neverland. Uh, never, Neverland. Never, <laughs> it's beyond the second star... Um, As you enter through one of the city gates, you see that the number of refugees from the surrounding countryside has exploded. There are people all over the Bell Market. Tents and lean-tos occupy alleyways and green spaces, and their residents are gathered around cook fires and tending to children. What the hell's a cook fire? He's an old fire, cook fire? No, no. candles. I always wonder why. <laughs> candles aren't cook fires. Forges aren't yes, cook they fires. Are. No, they cook not. anything over a fire. You can cook anything on a candle. <laughs> Mammoths. No, <you> <laughs> it takes longer. Candle fires and cook fires. Uh, I'd, li- I'd like to roll a perception and see mm. if I can pick up any conversation as to why there might be an increase in. Like, uh, the assumption is that it's dwarves, but. You know, maybe there's, I'm sure that if there's like all these refugees, you'll hear hear chitter chatter. Mm -hmm. Chitter chatter. Let's get at her. That's going to be an eight. Whoa. I'm very perceptive. Yeah. It's just kind of a bit of a hubbub around. You can't really pick out any specific information just by walking close to people. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm also going to roll perception mm-hmm. because I'm very observant. I have a natural perception of 17. You can't even read lips. I can, yeah. Yeah. And I don't get to use this this feat very often. So maybe Dorn's like, Dorn's like, hmm, I, don't, I have no idea why there's so many refugees. It's, it's not <laughs> making sense. Let me see sense. what I can piece together, buddy. I can't even, I can't even understand what people are talking about. Red, well, what's, what are they talking about? Why are they all here? It's a 25. Holy shit. Whoa. Um, let me see. Red scans the crowd and... Locks eyes with someone, and then their lips. <laughs> That's and then good. I read it. Read I'm lips. imagining Fred looking at like so intently in Enhanced. someone's eyes, and then Enhanced. just like yeah. slowly Zoom. traveling down their face and just stare. You know when someone's staring at your mouth when they're talking. Oh, no? it's the best. <laughs> Red, you learn something that's a little bit chilling. Oh that these refugees were roused from their homes by the dwarves of the Nightstone Four, a band of mercenaries and thugs who claimed that they're occupying territory surrounding Everland in order to safeguard it against giant threats. And several different people use the name of your party. Oh, boy. And I feel like Red maybe reads someone's lips from far away. And then he just like leaves the party and goes, you see him sort of talk to somebody for a second. He goes to someone else, talks to someone, and then he comes back. Like just to confirm what he's picking up, you know, rather than just take it at face value. Because mm-hmm. that's a lot of information to gather from one person <laughs> just reading their lips. Yep. And then like I kind of picture you like push us all into like an alleyway. Yeah. And I like, all right, listen, um, 
something's wrong. I think those dwarves... I think those dwarves went ahead with their plan to use our name. It seems like they acted on behalf of the Nightstone Four when they threw these refugees out of their homes. Hmm. Well, that's not good. That must have been their plan all along, Doran. Had you signed it, I, I can't imagine what would have been different. So obviously you did the right thing. Hmm. It's definitely nothing we did, right? <laughs> I don't I don't remember burning a town down. But, <laughs> well, I don't think so. <laughs> you guys do tend to kind of... Um, we got really... We, we get drunk and we do silly things. You take things. care of business. I mean, we might as no, well have. I mean, we came to Jalanthar a, a month or so ago. I mean... We never came back to Evelyn. It's it's entirely plausible that people would have seen us in town. And then remember the the hunt lords. Mm. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the name is a little tarnished around here. I'm curious what the baker thinks. Yeah. Yeah. We established the orphanage in Everland under the name of the, the Nightstone Four. I totally agree. I I mean they would probably have a pulse on it, but also I don't know how recognizable we'd be. Mm. Like it's entirely possible that if Valharo or anyone else in town that we associated with ended up, you know, making a scene of it. I mean, he was sort of the magistrate of this town, was he not? Um, I don't remember the interaction that well. He's a, I mean, he's a, he's a, a major player, but he's, you know, I don't think running the town. All I mean to say is remember how uh, despised the idea of the dwarfs were when we first came into Everland? Yeah. It's possible that if they're using our name, that that could also be on us. And because of that, and Red like puts his hood up. We should be mindful of maybe where we go. Kralas, right? We got to get to the bakery. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe, you know, if if it really is the dwarves at Jalanthar and they're just using our name to tarnish our, our as I say, brand, our, uh, <laughs> our brand, tarnish our <laughs> reputation, then, then, you know, nobody would recognize us. And, and in fact, that, that kind of works to our advantage uh, in some respects. But regardless, I, I think you make a good point, Red, that we should probably just keep a uh, low profile and as we make our way through the, the town here. Well, I wouldn't mind doing a little bit more sleuthing. Doran, if you want to stay with me and help me out, uh, I wouldn't mind trying to poke around and see exactly if there's any sort of damage done to the four of us, not just the name. Uh, but if you want to go with the bakery, you're willing to as well. But is it is it, is it a smart idea hanging around with a dwarf if, if it's been the dwarves that have been Aww, causing all Doran. this havoc? Doran, Doran. And Red puts a hand on your shoulder and be like, it's going to be fine. It's not your fault. They would have done this anyway. And additionally, I'm sure there are plenty of dwarves in town. Uh, they're, not, they're not going to just mm. cast asunders on one race of people because of the actions of a few. Some of the refugees are dwarves, I saw, too. Uh, true. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll... I'll I'll stay with you then, Red, and I, I'd like to know some more, and and maybe maybe we can start correcting some of these rumors. Now, who knows? Hey, that's not a bad idea. Let's meet up in an hour or two. Dorn and I will come to the bakery to find you two uh, in a little bit. Sounds good. Sounds like a plan. Mm-hmm. Good luck and uh, safe travels. Watch your back. I think Red walks around the corner a little bit, and instinctively, he's going to cast, for the first time, Disguise Self on himself. Oh, uh, oh that's really, nice. <laughs> Shoot really on yourself. Well, well, <laughs> admittedly, a dwarf, in and amongst many other dwarves, this is going to be yeah. tougher to pick out. Right, uh, then a tabaxi. But yeah, yeah, a tabaxi, enough. especially the only one of its kind in most of this area, is going to be really, really tough. Are you doing this with your tattoo? 
Yeah, so my tattoo allows me to have that spell, so I'm going to cast that on myself. So what do you look like now? Red immediately transforms into this maybe six-foot-one male. You know, he's sort of got longish blonde hair, chiseled features, and he looks identically to the actor we know and love as Kevin Costner. <laughs> <laughs> but in Faerun, doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, so, so Red's uh, like alternate disguise form is just literally Kevin Costner. And with Red's like accoutrement, like all of his gear and stuff, he just looks like Kevin Costner in Robin Hood now. And he's Great. Like, and he turns to Doran and he's like, Wow. Yeah, you might want to change your appearance in some way, maybe. Uh... Actually, funny, before you even said anything about changing your appearance, Doran's like straightening his hair trying to like you know put put down all the, the way that you like, the lick your hand it. and and yeah. like <laughs> i'm like Ew. leaning down into puddles on the street Let alone the legendary axe on his back that mm-hmm. is unmistakable yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah rubbing the water off of, on my face from puddles and like washing off the dirt and the mud and the blood that's great i love the idea of doran being disguised is washing the mud off. <laughs> doran is less recognizable when he's clean <laughs> he'll pull out one of those cloaks uh, from the bag of holding and he'll hand it to you and then i put the cloak on and it covers up uh it looks like i have a big backpack though nice yeah, you hear a little muffled voice from underneath going, don't be afraid of who you are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, uh, just uh, hush down now. Uh, or, uh, <laughs> yeah, and I think Red and Doran walk off towards the refugees and, and begin sort of poking around a little bit. Jack and Kraloth, you cross the Bell Market toward where the bakery slash orphanage is, and you see that... The sign that the baker had proudly painted, indicating this to be a orphanage founded by the Nightstone Four, is now missing from the front window. Although, looking inside, it does seem that there are a number of refugees who are being fed. Looks like maybe this is a soup kitchen now? Hmm. Excellent. We go inside. Hold the door open for Jack Mm -hmm. and uh, look around. I I imagine it's very busy in here, eh? It is very busy. It seems like all evidence of the partnership with you has been scrubbed from this place. Mm. However, it seems to be a fairly efficient soup kitchen, Mm -hmm. probably run by the city, you would guess, by the look of the volunteers. Although, you do spy the baker in the back who looks over the tops of some of these refugees' heads and sees you come in. Yeah, I think I make sort of a straight line back towards where, they're, where they are at the back. He holds up his hand, and he gestures for you to go out the door. Hmm. All right, I will leave and maybe walk around back. Trying not to make ourselves too noticeable. and mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely us. Not, <laughs> uh, adventure is uh, known uh, for their subtle, subtle looks. Uh, <laughs> um, Clearly a wizard followed by the happiest golden retriever in the world and a giant <laughs> man in armor. I, I guess we're probably not welcome around here. In the back alley, beside some barrels, the baker lets himself out of a rear door and gives you kind of a panicked look. Mm. Looks like it's been a time around here. What are you doing here? Just passing through, what has happened since we left? We're hearing all kinds of shit done in our name that we have no association with. I've heard the rumors. What have the Nightstone Four purportedly done? All manner of ill things to these people. That you're responsible for the displacement of towns. 
Listen, I thank you so much for having financed the initial investment in this property and for everything that you did for the children six weeks ago, but you have to leave here before you're recognized by anyone else. You may not be uh, immediately known to most people, but I, I recognize you and I won't be the only one. And I, I, I don't know what to make of all of this, but I, I have to take care of these people. I mean, we, we saw that in you and that's why we picked you with this. We, we've got some more funds we'd like to drop off if that's Mm. acceptable. If not, we can make ourselves scarce. Although we we're supposed to rendezvous with, with the other two in, in an hour or Listen, so. Listen, I am funded by the city. I don't know that I can accept money from you. I I hate to say it, but I don't know where it's come from. So mm. oh. I wish you well on your journeys, and I hope that all of this gets cleared up soon. Me too. Be well. And he goes back in the back door. Well, we're not winning any hearts and minds. Kraloth reaches into a bag on his hip and he pulls out a black wig <laughs> that he picked up in Yarder and he puts it on his head and snugs it into place and it's it's slightly askew and he looks at Jack and says, hey, uh, you got any way to disguise um, yourself? I mean, Jack, <clears throat> Jack minor illusions a different hat on his head. That's uh, the best I get. Is this good enough? Uh, That's all I'm willing to do. Something Look, Kirillov just like deadpan stares at him like, it's just a different hat. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a much less descript hat. I don't know. He, I, I think he, he, he does his best to sort of... Something you know, only a true fashionista would notice. Is <laughs> occupy an illusion of, of him looking a little bit dressed down, but it's not necessarily his strong suit of, of magical talents. So. <laughs> mm. uh, That's great. What does your new hat look like? I mean, it's it's really just one of those ones with the fla- like a winter hat with the flaps and the and the like uh, tucked up wool wool fur kind of thing. So it, I forget what those are called. It's just a very cozy winter hat. You guys are oh. incognito. Deception one hundred. Incognito. <laughs> we maybe should try and stick in one place to minimize the amount of people who see us. Mm. You know what I mean. Meanwhile. Red, Doran, what are you guys doing? Yeah, after disguising himself and, and, you know, stepping a little ways down the road, Red turns to Doran with a little bit of seriousness in his eyes, and he drops his guard a little bit and just says, Look, thank you for agreeing to come along, but the truth is I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk to any of the refugees. I, I wanted to talk to you. Mm. I, I haven't stopped thinking about the other night with you and me. Neither have I. I, I, I thought about something important. You remember... There were no options, right? And Red pulls out Kraloth's ring. Mm-hmm. And as they sort of walk into an alley, he slips it on. The ghostly figure of Captain Tranieros, clad in his grave dirt stained heavy armor with glowing eyes, walks around the corner of the building and stands there staring at you, Red with his arms folded across his chest. He's here again. And he says to you, What do you want? Look, you told Doran and I the other night about what happened. That You told Kraloth that he had to kill himself, that he was an abomination. And you said there was nothing else that could be done. That's right. There's no way to cure Kraloth of this vile mutation. 
look, we, we took that at face value, despite our objections, right, Doran? Right. I was thinking about something all today. When we were in Silveringham, uh, Jack's mom, she waved her hand, and she removed some sort of curse, some sort of thing that made these hunt lords track us down across all of Faerun. So you can't stand there and tell me that there's no way to make our friend whole again, to, to bring him back to life, other than him just ending his life. I, I won't believe it. If magic exists that can do something that powerful, then either you don't know about it or you're not telling us. And Red sort of nudges Doran because yeah. he hadn't had time to like tell this to Doran. He sort of thought about it on the walk mm. in last night. Mm-hmm. Right, Doran? Right. Yeah, tell him I say right. Yeah, he says, well, he can hear you. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you just can't hear him. He's looking at you now, actually. He looks kind of angry. Mm. Captain Treniero shakes his head and he caresses the pommel of his sword as he heavily walks down the alley towards the market and looks out at the life happening and people walking around. He's looking at the people walking around. He seems really introspective. Okay. And then he turns back. It's been many centuries since I've walked these lands. What's he doing now? He's talking now. Under the volition of a beating heart and breathing lungs. What did he say? Shut up, he's talking. If such a spell caster or magic item exists, I could not tell you where to find it. Can it be done or no? Shut up. No. Kraloth's fate is decided. I don't know. He said something about a spell. I don't know. I got distracted. There's a bird over there. And that, like, he, I think he said something about if a spellcaster exists, then he couldn't find it. Okay, fair enough. We can find it. Red pulls off the ring. <laughs> yeah, he's like starts to say something and he's just gone after you pull the ring off. <laughs> he's right. He said, look, if a spellcaster exists, then we could find it. So all we need to do is find a spellcaster as powerful as Jack's mom. And uh, then maybe they can do some magic and make Kraloth uh, alive again. Mm. That'll be our next goal. I like that. That makes me feel better. That gives us hope. But, hey, Doran, he said there's hope. But Red, what if, what if Kraloth doesn't want to be alive? I mean, he, he seems actually for once to be uh, happy in a weird sort of way. Look, I know Kraloth. I know Kraloth better than anybody. Is he content now? Yes. But he's not happy. I met his eyes back in Jack's mom's house in Silvery Moon. And there was something behind them, yes. And, and maybe it was Kraloth, but not the way he wants to be. I need to do this, at least to see if there's a way. And, and fair enough. You know, at the end, if we find a way, we'll bring it to him. And we'll let him decide. But we have to at least see if there's a way we can help. Team Awesome Boys? Yeah, absolutely. And I put my hand out. Team Awesome Boy. Good. Now we just need to find a mage. And I picture Red scanning the horizon, and maybe his eyes fall upon Valhero Tower. You see Moongleam Tower there. It's looming above the Bell Market, this interconnected cylinders carved from black stone. You've been there before. And I think I might know someone who, at the very least, could refer us to a powerful wizard. Come on. And Red starts trotting off towards Moongleam Tower. Jack and Kraloth, you're waiting in the alley by the bakers. I, I'm picturing Jack and Kraloth sitting in this alley, maybe one block over. We can sort of see the bakery for, for when uh, Doran and, and Red show back up, but just kind of keeping a low profile. Certainly. 
And there's there's maybe a, a pause for a second, and Jack goes, "So, uh, Rael." Yeah, yeah. What about her? Ew. Kraloth like spits a huge loogie at the wall, and it, like slides down. <laughs> Evil Kraloth. <laughs> <laughs> we need a sting. We need a musical sting. <laughs> I. Uh, I mean, I I'm. Curious what what you know about her. I I'd certainly love to know more. Well, uh, she's very tall. Um, mm-hmm. She's got great powers. Uh, she was able to make me. I, I mentioned this by the fire. She made me like food again. That's huge. Which is you know me. That's 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 my favorite thing. And uh, yeah, I don't know. She's got kind of a nice voice. It's kind of like ethereal, sort of mystical sort of vibes. And and so I just just from another perspective, I'm hearing mm. a lovely voice who offered me power with, and didn't ask for anything in return. Yeah, no, nothing, nothing. And I'll be honest, I was a little suspicious myself. Yeah, I thought you know this 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 does seem too good to be true. But uh, you know, she hasn't led me astray yet. I I so far haven't met any ill effects of this. No, I and, and I'm not, I'm not trying to to make you doubt anything. Like I, I want you to look at me as a cautionary tale, as someone who, in a real dark moment, was really desperate and reached out for something, and found the tiniest little imp to really mess up our lives for a long time. Huh. And I'm not saying rails anything like that, but as an otherworldly entity beyond our comprehension, you know, there there is a plethora of demons and fairies and evil spirits of all kind who might want to, you know, find agents in the mortal realm. And I think the line Mm. between a cleric of a faith and a warlock doing the bidding of an entity is very slim. Mm. Mm. And I I just want you to to be wide open, eyes wide open. And if if you ever come across something you want to second guess or want some help trying to you know, sort something out or bounce an idea off of or anything like that. I just want you to know I'm open. Like, you, you don't have to... No, 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 it's all right, Jack. I, I mean, I get it. You're you're jealous. I No, I'm really not. No, it's all right, Jack. I, I, I completely understand. A, an all-powerful being reached out to me and granted me powers far beyond what I ever could have dreamed of. And... You tried to do the same back at the Hemperat house, and, well, you got screwed, Jack. <laughs> and it sucks. Um, so, uh, I, I mean, jealousy, it's a human emotion. Um, I completely understand it. So, uh, yeah, I'm not going to worry too much about it. Uh-huh. Just an inspiration, yes. <laughs> no, of course not. Um, Jack, how do you feel about that? I mean... I mean, there's definitely a, a silent beat for a second. You know, you got me. I I hate I hate stumbling across something I haven't found out everything about. You know that, Kraloth. You, it's just me fishing for information, just trying to unravel a mystery. <laughs> you know, mm. you you got me. Ulterior motives all the way down. Mm. Are you being honest? Oh, de- no. I'll do an insight roll on that. Kraloth knows you better than that. I rolled a natural one. Oh! 
shame, shame. Oh. For shame, you can you can see those words cut, and I'm definitely trying to. Yeah, to... Kraloth got twenty four. Oof. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> Oof. That stings. He looks you dead in the eye, and he says, "Jack, sometimes having an over busy mind can get you into some tricky places. Sometimes it's best not to overthink things." Sometimes, I guess. Wow. Rob, inspiration for your delicate attempt at handling (laughs) Kraloth's new situation in an empathetic way. Mm -hmm. And I love how Kraloth just batted you down like that. Well done, guys. Really well done. Back with Red and Doran. What are you guys doing now? I feel like we're at the front gate trying to talk ourselves in because we're no longer the Nightstone Four and we're no longer the representatives yeah. of like any major faction. Yeah, you guys are at Moongleam Tower and there is a, a page basically dressed in a black tunic. Look, I keep telling you, we're here from the delegation of Silvery Moon of um, the Jack Mom person. Her name is, it's on the tip of my tongue. We know um, Ch- um, Chaz Roth. Um, from the other tower in uh, uh, Waterdeep. No, no, the other guy. It's uh, oh, Valhalla. 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 Yes. Valhalla is. Yeah, Valhalla. Can I send a message to him and let him look, know this who is, is very calling? Important. Look, 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 look. You. We just need a few minutes of his time. He knows us. He's an old friend. Tell him. Tell him your names, please. I told you, my name is Peter. Referrington, and this is my associate, Jack Page. Look, um, I'm sure we could find a two-gold way to see Valharo. Wait here, and I will let Valharo know that you've come calling. Thank you. He'll know I'm here. They leave you alone to wait in the main entrance. Seventy-five, seventy-six cracks. Red's counting a stained glass window. A minute goes by. Fuck it, let's go. And Red just leads Doran towards the uh, office. Oh, you want to talk to the Archmage? I mean, potentially. What else is there in this building? There's the teleportation circle. <gasps> oh. Oh. Uh, you know, shit. And and Red stops. He turns to Doran. Look, Doran, I have to tell you something. This is very, very important. And uh, I guess here is as good as all places. I keep putting this off, and it's just... I think it's easier to tell you if I'm not myself. And looking like this handsome man, maybe it'll just be easier. You're very handsome. You could be an actor. I feel like you're standing in a spiral staircase of dark stone, and Doran's on an upper step, and Red's on a lower step, so you guys are face-to-face, which doesn't happen very often. I imagine the Kevin Costner version is a little bit taller, so you're definitely meeting Kevin Costner's eyes, but not like Red's perspective, which is just a little lower. Yeah. Look look down a little bit. Just look through my mouth. That's where I'm matching your eyes. Look, just just follow me, and I'll explain everything in a second. And Red leads Dorn to the portal. Okay. You open the door to the portal, and there's a man sitting in an armchair. And he's got the armchair kind of kicked back on two legs, and his feet are against the wall, and he's snoring lightly. Oh. You remember this man. This is Flowen. Damn it. We need him to cast the portal. Any idea? What if we, like, you know, push him backwards and then catch him? We'll say, oh, we gotcha. Don't worry. And then and then he'll be like, oh, thank you so much. What 
would you like me to do for you? And, and then we'll say, well, of course, cast us the portal to the Citadel. And then we'll go to the Citadel. Like, <laughs> like you know, like we we're thinking. Doran, that is either the stupidest idea I've ever heard or the smartest. Let's do it. And Red walks into the room, pushes the man's chair, so he begins falling back and expects Doran to catch it. Oh, no. Oh, I thought you were going to catch him. <laughs> he, hits, he hits the ground. Yeah. The, the back of the chair actually shatters under the man's weight. Oh, and he wakes up with a start. His limbs splay out to all sides and eyes wide open in panic. Whoa, what? What's going on? Uh, you, were sleeping, you were sleeping on the job, yeah. Red says, suddenly authoritatively. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah. Get up. What are you doing? Oh. Out of tension. I am the new visiting from Waterdeep. Yeah, he is. And so am I. Both. We're both new. Visiting. Cast us a portal immediately, or I will report you directly to Valhara for sleeping. Okay, roll. Roll a deception for me, please. Happily. Can I give him a bit of a advantage on that because I'm helping him? <clears throat> yeah, sure. Why not? Do I roll or does he just get advantage? Why don't you help him roll? You roll 1d20 and Harlan will roll okay, the other one. Okay, let's do it. Okay. Brothers. What'd you get? Oh, natural 20. <laughs> Whoa! Oh! No shit. Yeah. Doran, how so do- much better than the four I rolled. Doran, how do you help Red uh, assume this lie? Well, I just... Kind of, I, I do what I did and I back him up, but it's just more, so much more believable. Yeah. <laughs> you scowl menacingly and, and yeah. the look in your eyes. Uh, you know, <laughs> you're supposed to be here uh, keeping an eye on the portal and helping people get through. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on out there. We can't all just be sleep, sleeping on the job. Now, come on. Uh, uh, he starts picking himself up and he looks at the chair and then he looks at the two of you and he almost starts to cry a little bit. All right, well, don't uh, cry. Now you're just, making us feel bad. It's just a chair. I'm, don't I'm worry. Sorry, just... Look, and then Doran picks up the pieces of the chair and starts chucking them out the window. Look, nobody will know about the chair. It's all good. <laughs> no one gives a shit. Like, it's fine. Like, everything's fine. It's all Whoa, good. Okay. Cast a portal to Waterdeep. S- sorry, sorry. Waterdeep? You mean the Citadel? No. No? Wait a minute. I thought we were going to the Citadel. He lights the candelabras, the requisite for his casting of the spell. It's not really required for the spell, more so he just needs it to like pump up his adrenaline so that he can remember all of the uh, hand motions and whatnot. And then there's a, a shimmer, a blaze of white blue light, a crackle of energy, and the glaring portal opens before you. Come on, Dawn. Okay. The portal dumps you out into a magically lit stone chamber, one that is slightly familiar to you now, and the same half-elf woman that you met earlier is studying her books. Hmm. Hello. Hey. Uh, uh, yes. Hello. You're new. Uh, you don't recognize me, but I'm Red-Handed Robin, the delightful tabaxi that you met a few weeks ago. Uh, nice, nice to see you again. Oh, and you're D- Doran. You remembered, yes. Uh, nice. <laughs> to see a you. Wizard's duty to. Uh, anyway. Well, look, keep it warm. We're heading back to Evelyn in just a few minutes. She hangs the amulet from her hand that is gathered in a chain around her neck, and she whispers, "Myrna," and the. Stone on stone grinding heralds the opening of of the stone staircase of the sarcophagus, and you are out in the city of the dead in Waterdeep once more. 
and Red immediately starts leaving the City of the Dead. Uh, I guess I'll just follow. Doran's sort of like skipping to keep up. And as we enter into the outskirts of the city and we turn down a particular alley, Red starts talking. Look, you know that I came here uh, from Mastica. And I told you that I was a guild artist. And to a small degree, that was true. Red, like, looks around an alley and starts walking down it. Hmm. Yeah. That only happened for a really, really, really short time. Oh. Because it turns out, um, well, a gift that my dad left me made me very, very valuable to a particular set of people. Uh, that's that's awesome. Um, that's that's really amazing. I'm, I'm, that's where the awesomeness ends. I, I promise. And red turns again into a quiet street, and on the left side of the street is a large manor, but it looks completely abandoned. It's sitting right on the corner. There are boards in the windows. The windows on the second floor are smashed. And he walks straight up to the front door, which is covered in boards. I see. You want to build another orphanage. I'll tell you, though, Red, this is not the right time to do it. Now, Doran, listen to me. Listen. I was robbed one day. And I let one of my arrows sing true. And I killed him from 300 feet away down a crowded street. And I drew the eye of a particular set of people in Waterdeep, that like to remain very, very hidden. And Red, like, pulls off a board from the front door of this place. Come in. And he climbs over the board to this, like, empty, dusty bar that looks like it hasn't been used in years. Mm. A a friend let me borrow this place. More on that later. Come on. And he walks straight to a door that leads down a set of steps. Wow. It seems like you know exactly where you're going. At the bottom of the steps, it's a small stone cellar with a dirt floor, and Red walks to one of the corners and begins, like, tugging at a stone. And he brings a few stones down to reveal a small, maybe one foot across, one foot tall hole in the wall. And in the hole in the wall is something wrapped in fabric. Oh. And before he pulls it out, he turns to you and says, Look, the people who wanted my help are an assassin guild called the Dark Tide. Assassins? (laughs) These are the same Dark Tide that tried to kill you two days ago. You see the gears turning once again in his head. He's not sure what you're really saying to him. So, okay. And he's watching you retrieve this package from the wall. And I pull it down, and I sit on the floor, and I open it up. And what you see is a quiver. It's an empty quiver. Mm. And he lifts it up, and almost with a reverence, he takes the one on his back, takes it off, he drops it into the bag of holding, and he slides this one over. And for a second, you see him sort of breathe a sigh of relief, as if his arm is complete, you know? And he wears it, he stands up straight, and he turns to you, and he says, the dark tide were there to kill you. Because I didn't. And Doran, sort of wide-eyed, takes a few steps back as though he's just been struck by a heavy object. You mean... You had something to do with the assassination attempt on my life? Look, they hired me. I, I, I wanted to get out. The Dark Tide, they're very, very powerful. They mainly employ changelings. They hired me to kill somebody. A man named Doran Ironfist. 
They gave me information of where I could find him, uh, how we could pick him up on the road towards Nightstone. Uh, that typically I would befriend him, find a time to strike, and remove them as an obstacle. But, but Doran, and this is where it becomes really important, I decided not to. <laughs> I had never met a dwarf of your caliber or your type. I had for a long time doubted that this was the right path, and and I'm so used to striking from a distance that the minute I got to know you and got to know who you were and got to know how important your friendship was to me, I, I knew I couldn't go through with it. I knew that it had to stop. And so the first chance I had, I gave them back the money. I slipped it in our delivery place uh, in the City of the Dead, I told them on a piece of paper that I had wanted nothing to do with it. The contract was complete. I... But they didn't take it. They, they, they don't allow that kind of... I need... Cancellation, as it were. And so, I obviously... Need... And as you're talking, it's almost like the words are, like, going over his head. You're going in one ear and out the other. And as you're talking, he's walking backwards up the stairs. Just, just stop. They wanted you dead because of your past. Because of Stunted Danlin's Peak, somebody, somewhere, hired me, hired the Dark Tide, to kill you. And Red takes a passive step to the bottom of the stairs and looks at you. That's why I need this. I need to protect you, like I couldn't back in that marketplace. And I get why you might need a moment, and I understand why you might feel scared. But know this, I chose not to kill you, but they won't. You are sure as dead if the Dark Tide wants you dead. And we need to do everything we can to stop that. Doran stands at the top of the stairs now, looking down at you, Red. And as you finish your sentence, he kind of gives a blank stare and hesitates for a moment. Then looking up into the room, he takes a step in and leaves the doorway, leaves your purview. And Red waits. He hears Doran's footsteps. He just waits at the bottom of the stairs. He takes a deep breath, kind of nods to himself, knowing this is the right thing. And after a good minute, he goes up to join Doran at the bar. You look around the dark, dusty tap room, tiny pools of light leaking out between the gaps in these wooden boards. And Doran is nowhere to be seen. Thank you once again to our wonderful Patreon supporters, Christopher Ryan Evans, Alexander Reed, Merlin, Mitchell Cadwell, Michael and Brianna Weber, Brian Blass, Heather Nichols, Colin Burkhart, Daniel, Kara Smith-Blass, Doug, Gray, Jackie and Rain, Creature, Stephen Lovett, Jessica Orrit, Jonah Goldman, Melanie Xian, Lars, and Mari Kaniski. See you soon! Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
and United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.